I'm Amber. And I'm Leslie. And you're listening to The The Grim Grim Mystics. Good morning. Hello. Hello. So I wanted to give a nice little shout out. We have such a fun um, friend and listener, Jordan, who is who was just like plugging us this week. And I super appreciate it because I don't know if I've talked to Jordan in a couple of years. So it's awesome that she, you know, listening and she gave me one of the biggest compliments I think I've ever received saying that we have morbid vibes, which is one of my favorite podcasts. Mm. <laughs> I was going to say, it wasn't that kind of like the initial um, like inspiration yes. for you, yep. right? So I remember Craig and I had just moved into the house and he was working um, two jobs. So he would go to work um, at his first job in the morning have a couple of hours off and then go to work at a second job in the evening. So we were trying to get our backyard ready for sod. And I was told by my husband that if I wanted grass, I had to help. (laughs) Fair (laughs) enough. I was out there doing like yard work. Like I've never done yard work before. I was scraping. (laughs) I was raking the dirt and rocks to make it level so that we could get grass in. Like I felt like a little Jane the Builder. Like earthy um, vibes, remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then I was like, <laughs> I need a new podcast to listen to because I was all caught up. So I Googled and Morbid popped up. And I want to say within, so that evening, I probably listened to like five podcasts, which shows that I was out there for about five hours doing stuff. Oh. Um, <laughs> and I remember within a week, I texted you and I was like, we could totally do this. Like they do it. And they they reminded me a lot of, our personality so they're a huge podcast if you haven't heard of them like go listen but they were inspiration for me to ask Leslie like would you ever want to do this oh that's so cool then that Jordan turned around and said that that is so cool I know I was like freaking out I was like oh my god (laughs) like I don't want to copy by any means but that definitely oh no the, the goal is to have that kind of like slight aesthetic maybe yeah, for sure. No, I totally, it's like your inspiration, like your vision board. Yeah. I totally understand. Yeah. yeah. the Those two girls um, are the reason that I was like, Leslie and I could do this completely. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I'm glad that you yeah. had that this week. <laughs> thank you. So thank you, Jordan, because without you, I wouldn't have had that ego moment that I will have to deflate my head from a little bit. <laughs> oh, well, and thank you, Jordan, for sharing us because that's yes. how we grow. So if more people, you know, are feeling... In the giving mood, mm-hmm. pick us. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, Leslie and I's birthday is a day apart, like every year. I was gonna say this year, and I'm like, it's every year. <laughs> Just this year, it's one day Just apart. This year, it's one day apart. But if anyone doesn't know what to get Leslie or I for our birthdays, just share a podcast episode. <gasps> on oh Facebook. my god! <laughs> and you know what? We were, we're telling you with plenty of time in advance yeah. to plan. Yeah. Please. July 23rd and July 24th. You've got time. <laughs> I love that. 
Yes. So if that's what, you know, if you wanted to give us a little birthday gift or or just a because gifts, people like those too. You know, if you like an episode in particular or all of them, share all of them. <laughs> oh, okay. There's our plug for the episode. It's been a while <laughs> yep. since we've had one. So I know that we went really hard on. So <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, um, Leslie, anything going on that you want to bring up? You want to jump right into it? What you feeling today? Let's just like jump in. Oh, man. Look at us go. Like we're we had such a chatty one last week. <laughs> we just need to go in and do our <laughs> do our gig. <laughs> well, you did tell me that this is kind of an extensive one, so I don't want you yes. to rush or anything like that. So, yes, um, friends, this is five pages of notes, and I literally thought that this would not be as long as it is. <laughs> That so, just means it's going right. to be complex and like super good. Yeah, I hope you feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, Leslie, why don't you tell the good people where we're headed? Today on the maps, we're going to Medicine Hat, Canada. Yes, we are. So we are going to learn about the Richardson family that resided in Medicine Hat, Canada. Now, to paint a picture, I googled pictures of this place and it's freaking gorgeous. They've got mm. woods everywhere. Like... It's this cute little town that's, like, found in, like, the province of Alberta, I think it was. And it's just beautiful. And, like, the town is surrounded by wooded area. It just looks like it would be somewhere that someone would want to, like, record a show or a movie because it's just gorgeous. Okay, okay. I'm, I just Googled it because you made me. I needed <laughs> to know. And one of the first pictures is, like, this, like, folly kind of vibe with this, like, mm. creepy church. Oh, oh my god no it it's like perfect like I want to yeah. go there right now yeah so we'll I'll look up some pictures and post those on the gram and Facebook so that you guys can kind of see how beautiful this place is because it looks picture perfect I'm gonna screenshot this picture and send it to you so you can include this crazy okay. looking church <laughs> perfect so we'll have that one first <laughs> so um we're looking at the Richardson family um we have Mark, who is uh, 42 years old, and he is a technician. His wife, Deborah, who is 48, who is a stay-at-home mom, but she also was getting really interested in Reiki healing, um, which is just mm. kind of like more herbal, um, you know, not as like medicinal type of way of living. Um, mm -hmm. and so that was something she is super interested in, and she's kind of teaching herself and doing courses for. Can I say... We yeah. can still we can still chat, right? We're not under that yes, much of no. a time crunch here. No, we're not under that. No, we can chat. <laughs> so I actually went to a Reiki. My very first therapist was one. That's right. And it was it was a really interesting um, experience. I think yeah. if I wasn't going for the massive amount of PTSD from the, my medical history, <laughs> I would have enjoyed it more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because I can't, you know, my trauma is based off of a very scientific thing. Mm -hmm. And this is not a scientific form of treatment at all. Yeah. <laughs> and so You're I correct. struggled, but like, I was so interested talking to her. She was such a cool lady. Like, mm -hmm. it was really neat to go to. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think like, I kind of looked into it a little bit after this and I was just like, this is, it's very unique and it's just more of a natural way to try to do things. But you are correct. There are certain things that are not going to work. Mm -hmm. nearly as much as traditional medicine you know and I believe like of course there are always extremes but I think Reiki healers there are some that believe like it's kind of a mixture of both right like mm -hmm. you need spiritually what they offer and medicinally what other places can offer 
Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's and that's kind of what when I just explained it to her, she's like, no, you're totally right. And like we parted on good terms and it was fine. Yep. But it was it is really such a cool I, I'm like super into it. I think it's really cool. Deborah was starting to learn all of that. Um, we had uh, have Jasmine, who is their 12 year old daughter um, at the time of all of this and Jacob, who is eight years old. So they were, you know, a very again like their town a picture-perfect family jasmine was well liked she was popular but not in like a traditional popular girl kind of way like popular where she could go wherever with whatever group and be included she was able to hang out with anyone she was on the swim team she was in an art program through the school she had really good grades like just overall a very happy bubbly child Jacob was the same way. He was eight years old, so he's described as sweet and very excitable, um, you know, like any eight-year-old boy would be, probably just really looking for a lot of fun. He played hockey, and, at you know, because him and his sister are four years apart, they actually went to school together for a little bit, and Jasmine was very protective of her brother, but her brother was kind of the same way, very popular and able to hang out with people whenever, you know, with whoever it was. How cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sounds adorable. So this family just, you know, seemed very picture perfect. Now, they did have their, you know, like all families, their things they had to get over. Um, Mark and Deborah were actually recovering drug addicts. Both were alcoholics and into hard drugs, but they actually got clean way before they even met. Oh, okay. That's Mm -hmm. cool. So they, you know, they go through their hard part of life. They meet each other and both of them are keeping each other kind of on the straight and narrow with their recovery programs, which I think is just awesome. And I I feel like that's probably one of the most successful ways to, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't have any experience with um, addiction, but I would assume if your spouse is going through the same thing, that's got to be way easier to mm-hmm. keep each other held accountable. So they probably were both very successful in that their lifestyle changes that they were making. Right. They sound like so... They just sound like such great people. Yeah. I'm, I'm nervous now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm setting you up. <laughs> you know Say me. Say werewolves. Lift, uh, yeah. I lift you up and I bring you back down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Like any adolescent, when Jasmine turned 12, she started trying to find her personality, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes you look a certain way or do certain things because that's kind of what is accepted across the board standard what year is this um that is a very good question hold on 2006 oh okay okay i was just trying to set the vibe are we talking like aol status like instant messenger yes Mm. myspace myspace it's the world of myspace um which is you know something that with all these later um, cases it's very interesting to see how social media affects it Jasmine's trying to find her personality and in that you know you can go through a lot of different phases and looks you know I mean anyone knows I how I used to dress and act when I was 12 is thank god right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I feel like I'm more myself yes than I was because we're more comfortable too (laughs) we're like we're not ashamed of who we are we don't feel like we're awkward and yeah like, or if we are awkward, we just don't give a shit. Yeah, embrace mm-hmm. it. Yeah, um, which is a beautiful thing mm-hmm. that comes with age. So for Jasmine, she's in that time where she's trying to find out who she is. Um, her grades started slipping. She stopped really going to her extracurricular activities. 
and she started hanging out with a new group of friends. Now, everything that I saw with these guys, um, the group of friends was, they were considered like goth or emo would be kind of that, like the scene kids maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. So everyone has, you know, them in school. We used to do the black eyeliner and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but our parents just wouldn't let us dye our hair the cool colors and do the funky cuts with them. But Or like paint my nails black. So now as an adult, I always have to have black nails because yeah. it's not a phase, mom. Okay. It's who I am. <laughs> it's who I am. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. She started hanging out with these goth and emo kids, and over time, she began changing her clothing and her makeup to be like them. And she really appreciated the culture, which Mm -hmm. is totally fine. Whatever you find, like, you know, it doesn't really matter to people as you get older. Like, if you want to spike up your hair in Liberty Bell and Liberty Spikes and um, wear pants with chains, like, that's totally awesome. Like, that's fine. Mm -hmm. She's just... yeah. Yeah, she's just 12. You do she's you. trying stuff out. However, the friends that she started hanging out with were 16 and 17, and she was 12. Mm, mm-hmm. That's inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And That's a big age it's gap. It's huge. And these 16 and 17-year-olds wanted to hang out at the mall, and they wanted to go to concerts. And amazingly, Jasmine's parents were really cool and let her go to concerts with these guys. Mm, okay. And I say guys, I should Hindsight. say guys and girls. It was a group it was a mixture of boys and girls in the group. Mm, okay. Um people started to notice that she almost seemed to actively dis- to decide to stop talking and become more like brooding. So it wasn't like sh- it, it wasn't described as like sad or depressed. It was very much it seemed like a choice where she just decided to, instead of being bubbly, she was going to not talk and she would almost like glare and just try to seem grumpy (laughs) all the time okay remember she's 12 12 years old yes so so she could just her her body could just be like mm -hmm. going through an insane amount of changes hormone (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes and that actually comes up later so good job detective leslie (laughs) well i i only say that my mom and i have a really really good relationship and we both agree like 12 and 13 for me were hard those were hard years Uh, yeah I do remember I think what we met at 11 and then I Mm -hmm. we transitioned into 12 and 13 so it's like I kind of got to see the like glimpse of the Leslie before and then I fell in love with the the Leslie after (laughs) yeah it was a bit I mean like so I I can uh relate to Jasmine Mm -hmm. like maybe it was a choice maybe she did choose to be brooding because sometimes that happens and that's fine Mm -hmm. Or was it like her body wreaking havoc? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you and know, it could, she just couldn't control it. It could be both too. Maybe she mm-hmm. saw how all of these older kids acted and just kind of mm. immersed herself in that culture, and she almost took the stereotypical things about that culture and applied them mm-hmm. to herself, so she would seem more accepted. And then that is also something that you think through and do as your hormones are changing. So it's probably both. You're right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So Jasmine meets. Jeremy Steinke. Unfortunate. At a concert. <laughs> oh, yes, he did get bullied for that last name. <laughs> they used to call him Stinky. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Um, very creative. <laughs> now, they meet at a concert, um, and Jeremy is also part of like this mall group, so it's kind of like they, they know of each other, 
but they really connect at one of these concerts and like Jasmine was going to like Slipknot concerts and it was in 2000 in the early 2000s when Slipknot mm-hmm. was not as like popular as they are now so they were like concerts in like clubs pretty much mm-hmm. hardcore yes. shit too I'm um, sure also Jeremy you're gonna love this Leslie was 23 oh my god gross if you just want to go back a couple of episodes um to when Leslie and I got on our soapbox talking about how young girls should not be hanging out with these older men and it's a flag for these older men to be hanging around the younger people because he's 23 hanging out with 16 and 17 year olds and Jasmine is 12 hanging out with 16 and 17 year olds that's Mm -hmm. so gross what a creep so it's unclear I mean obviously you know you're actually becoming like meeting someone face to face at a concert, it's not like necessarily the first thing you do is gonna, you know, you're not gonna say your age. So it's unclear if Jeremy knew at the time of meeting her, but she, like, she did not look 12. Her makeup, her hair, like, she is kind of the 12 year olds of today where they don't look 12. <laughs> I mean, fair enough, but these kids are 16 and 17, yes, which is still exactly. inappropriate. So even if he thought she was still maybe 16 or 17 okay. that's still yes inappropriate yes you are completely <laughs> correct that was exactly mm-hmm. where i was going she didn't look she didn't look oh, 12, good. okay good she still looked underage <laughs> uh. it kind of comes about that they hung out a couple of times so obviously like at some point jeremy needs to know her her age and it's never said if jasmine ever explicitly told him or lied to him but like they hung out enough that you got to put two and two together at some point. Well, well, yeah, he's like probably asking. I'm sure they're talking about like their days and she's probably like, oh, yeah, we had the sex unit. Yeah. Well, you know, in seventh yeah. grade health, like something has got to be brought up be at one point. She says or does that's like a flag for him mm-hmm. to know that she's younger than one. Well, it, it doesn't matter. She's not 20. You know, she's not 23. So she's younger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or 18. <laughs> Yep, still yeah. illegal. So um, it kind of like gets looked at too. Jeremy's kind of like the leader of the group, which also happens when these older people hang out with these younger people. They're looked up to, right? Mm-hmm. And so he hung out with the same group in the mall. So I don't really know how Jasmine went from hanging out with them. And I, like I said, maybe they were acquaintances or knew of each other. Or maybe, like, they just missed each other. It's never mm. really clear. But they, they formally introduced themselves at this concert. And Jeremy's kind of like this hot commodity where all the girls, like, he flirts with all the girls. All the girls like him. Like, he's he's the stud of the group. Um, what a fucking loser. Yeah. So that's <laughs> it too, right? Like, yeah. so you're cool because you're hanging out with people younger than you. People your age don't think you're cool. Yeah. So you're actually yeah. just a fucking geek. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so a, a little bit about um, Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy was a high school dropout. Mm. He didn't have a job and he dabbled in drugs. Solid. Yeah. <laughs> Good pick. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, his mother was an alcoholic. And it's actually speculated that he might have been born with fetal alcohol syndrome. His mm. mom admits that she was a very neglectful mother and she did she admits to being like doing everything wrong for Jeremy pretty much. Damn it, Amber. <laughs> <laughs> I got to give you both sides. <laughs> I know. Okay. 
So, you know, he's also <laughs> got an abusive father. <laughs> yeah. Um, and his father abused everyone in the household, but it was mostly focused on his mother. So Jeremy grew up watching this like alcoholism, neglect, abuse, and thinking it's normal mm-hmm. because he like you said, a geek, but not in a fun like not in the fun way. <laughs> he got made fun of at school like he didn't get to see normal relationships very mm-hmm. often well and if it's normalized to like hate women it, especially your wife right like you obviously hate women and so that's a normalized feeling so he probably thinks i can do whatever i want if my dad yeah. does that to my mom his wife the mother of his children i should be able to do it to anyone you know yeah Exactly. So eventually Jeremy's parents divorce um, and his mom, he lives with his mom and his mom spirals into her drinking habit way worse. Like there were little clips of her kind of going to the courthouse and stuff and she she looked very unhealthy. She had oxygen, Mm. um, things like that. So this was a long life of an of an addict pretty much and kind of her children that had to deal with it. Well, that's awful. And now I feel like an asshole because I was judging him. I'm still going to judge him because I think he's obviously the bad guy in the story. (laughs) But I mean, I think addiction is a disease. I don't know. I I know some people disagree, but that does kind of change my opinion on some things. I mean, I agree. Mm -hmm. I think it's a disease as well because a lot of addictions are hereditary as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah. In my mind, it, it's it's anything that any like any other thing that's hereditary. Eventually, like if if you fall into it, it can be something you can't control. Mm-hmm. Uh, at thirteen, Jeremy was struggling with mental health. Um, he was self harming, smoking pot every day. Um, and no judgment, like you know, in in our state, marijuana is legal. Mm-hmm. But at, at 13 year, years old, smoking pot every day, it's going to fuck with your brain. Uh, yeah, your brain is still developing. Like, yes. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, no, if, you're, if, it, if you're of age and legal to do whatever and your brain is fully developed, like, do you, boo-boo? But, yeah, for like, sure. 13-year-olds should not be smoking pot every single day. No. Because it's going to fuck with their mental stability, like you said. Or ever, really. I mean, that's too young. Yeah. <laughs> Wait till you're of age. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. At least 16. <laughs> do what you do. I mean, you know, let's yeah. be realistic, right? Like, come yeah. on. At yeah. least wait till you're yeah. 16. <laughs> yeah, but but 13 smoking pot every day is a lot. Yeah, too much. So Jeremy gets, um, at that point, gets diagnosed with ADHD. Um, and no one is sure, really, in this case, if he is taking medicine or medication consistently. I would guess not if mm-hmm. his mother actively admits to being neglectful. Yeah, right. He probably didn't even have an option to even get those medications. At this age, he also got into the goth and emo scene. So it's very, like, I feel like standard. (laughs) (laughs) You turn, you hit those teens or close close to teens and, you know, the middle school teachers have probably a very unique experience of meeting you (laughs) at a stage that you will not, might not stay in forever. (laughs) Well, yeah, emo, emotional. You're the most emotional at that age. Yes, exactly. Jeremy kind of takes it a step further than I would say most. And he is seen wearing a vial of blood around his neck. Oh, my. He thought he was a 300-year-old werewolf and he needed to drink blood to survive. Well, now he's just confusing his cryptids. Are you a vampire or are you a werewolf, Jeremy? <laughs> I knew yeah. you were going to say that. I knew well, it when I read on. that. Let's, like, let's, let's get it right here. Come on. <laughs> exactly. 
And I thought something interesting. Oh, I didn't even say the information that I got. So I'm just going to get us sued. No, Amber, um, no, Amber. So I watched. <laughs> so I watched a video on YouTube by Eleanor um, Neely, which is one of my favorite YouTubers. She's from England. She's got this mm. beautiful long blonde or long red hair. And she speaks in this beautiful accent. So she's so fun to watch. So yeah. Check her out. But that's the video that I watched okay. for all of this. And Eleanor actually said something really funny, so I'm going to give her credit for the joke. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> she said, you know, if the age difference of a 23-year-old man and a 12-year-old is gross, how gross is a 300-year-old werewolf and a 12-year-old girl? <laughs> <laughs> it's even worse. The worst. Yeah. He's, like, making it worse for himself by this. And oh. obviously, what's interesting, so that's what I saw. I saw a TikTok by... Let me see what her handle is. Spooky Bridge, who is a true crime um, TikToker. And it was just a little blip about this story. And then I looked on YouTube and found Eleanor's video. It's never brought up again <laughs> that he thought he was a werewolf. <laughs> oh, it's just like he's a werewolf and then he does whatever he does. But yes. just know in the back of your head, he's a 300-year werewolf. Got it. Yeah. like So that's where he is mentally. <laughs> That's kind of gross, too. Again, if you like think about 23 and 12, and he's telling this 12-year-old who I'm is... a werewolf. Yeah, whose brain is not even molded Mm-mm. to where it should be. He's... Yeah, that's... Ugh. Well, and like the the Twilight stuff got kind of popular. I don't remember what year. <gasps> what, 2008, I think. Oh, okay. So like he was ahead of his time because when Jeremy... Because this is all happening in 2006 when Jeremy is 23. So when he's 13... That's 1996. Mm, okay. Well, yeah, Amber, because that would be way too mainstream. Yeah. Um, to go with Twilight, so he had to be original. Duh. Well, yeah, like they weren't even <laughs> out yet, so I don't even think. Yeah, the books weren't even out then. So yeah, right. <laughs> so so it's not like so. There's also not this like hysteria around it though that like vampires and werewolves like it was later. You know, mm-hmm. there's so this is very much like not mainstream like you said Mm -hmm. probably considered weird (laughs) uh yeah probably all of his other classmates (laughs) even after twilight i would still be like that kid's weird yeah who says that it's a book (laughs) yeah come on yeah so obviously jeremy got bullied a lot in school um (laughs) and he didn't start hanging out with this group of people at the mall until he was in his 20s so he was like pretty much alone through his entire childhood and Which alone is a bad at home. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bad combo. It is. After Jeremy and Jasmine began dating, he started to help her find her like goth aesthetic. Um, he helped her with her makeup and her clothing. She started straightening her hair more and making sure it was like falling into her face. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And he was taking pictures for her MySpace. Hot. Uh, so and her <laughs> her clothing got much more revealing which oh gross if a you know your 23 year old boyfriend who's clearly not all there is starting to help you with aesthetic of course it's going to get more revealing like <laughs> and can i just say when i was an emo it was like i didn't want any of my skin revealed yeah. like i you know we would do the thumb things in our sweatshirts before it became cool and like an athletic thing to yeah. do <laughs> you know, like i didn't want my skin to be showing yeah like 
all black took on the vampire aesthetic yeah specifically <laughs> so he's not even a good werewolf or no. a good emo no or like werewolf vampire hybrid whatever he is <laughs> yeah whatever the fuck he is <laughs> some vampire diary shit uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so um her myspace also kind of took a turn obviously if he's helping with that it went from like a very stereotypical like popular 12 year old girl um to a girl who drew you know had dark makeup and was mm-hmm. posing with guns in her pictures <gasps> like real guns mm-hmm. oh my gosh yeah that's inappropriate mm-hmm. okay so I'm sure everyone is wondering where are her parents. Well, they quickly learned about this relationship. Like you see the changes in your child. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, <laughs> and they were yeah. And I mean, and with this family, they did. <laughs> okay, good. Because Pro- they probably recognized it. They're a caring, attentive family. Like they, mm-hmm. you know, she did not have a bad childhood growing up, um, and they were very much a part of her life. So her parents were able to figure out that Jeremy and Jasmine were in a relationship, and. I want to give props to her parents because they weren't mad at Jasmine at all. And I feel like sometimes your reaction might be like disgust or anger and you might take it out on the wrong person. And they were very clear to acknowledge that Jasmine was the victim of grooming. I mean, they were sexually active. So, you know, whether Mm. Jasmine's consent might have been there, but it's still considered statutory rape. Yeah, she's fucking 12. She yeah. doesn't even know what that means. Yeah, exactly. So her like her consent doesn't count. So they're looking no. at their daughter as a victim who's being groomed by an older man and taking adva- and being taken advantage of. And I'm so impressed with that because mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes when you learn stuff like that, like some people's reaction might be anger and it might have been target like if it were, like it could have been targeted at Jasmine and it wasn't. Yeah. Like her parents were very emotionally aware of who their anger needed to be targeted at and they did not take it out on jasmine at all good for them i hope that i'm like that type of parent too me too like that's um something you know i I like to call myself a recovering hothead i used to be more of a stereotypical (laughs) italian (laughs) growing up Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it took my husband's calmness to kind of teach me how to learn to be that way Mm -hmm. Um, and it's still an active (laughs) process it's not something that I don't do Um, but for me like that is my goal um, someday as a parent is to be be calm enough in a situation to hold in my reaction until I've processed it Mm -hmm. and I'm so impressed with her parents for being able to do that yeah absolutely they were not punishing Jasmine, but it felt like a punishment because they were refusing to let her see Jeremy anymore. Right. So she's 12. She's emotional. She loves this werewolf. And so when they're, you know, telling her you can't see him anymore, you know, and kind of restricting her phone use, her computer use, um, being more present in her. And I mean, they were present in her life, but they're being more present. So they're taking her to school. They're waiting until she goes into the school to leave. They're picking her up from school. They're chaperoning her at her concerts with her friends. So they're still letting her do stuff, but they are just there. Yeah, monitoring, being yes. in my like good parents. Yes, mm-hmm. but as a twelve-year-old, right, totally cramping your style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I can't see my boyfriend. Like you're taking all these things away from me. Yeah, I'm an adult. Yeah, no, I I was twelve too. Yeah. Like, everything is just hyper-dramatic and, like, on another level. Jasmine is still trying to see Jeremy behind her parents' back, and that's when they get really strict with, like, the chaperoning and waiting outside the school 
and getting to school early before it lets out so that she you know comes to their car like they're really really trying to control that um and jeremy finds a way to continue to communicate with jasmine behind her parents back because you know 2006 is also a time her parents grew up without Mm -hmm. computers technology social media um so i think that millennials kids are totally Mm -hmm. fucked (laughs) because we grew up in this era we know all the tricks you know try to come at me with some sneaky shit well and so this is exactly what jeremy did he found some Mm -hmm. sneaky shit so he continues to communicate with Jasmine on a website. It's like a forum where you can chat, like, you know, back in the day that was still Yeah, like chat rooms. I don't know mm-hmm. how popular, yeah, I don't know how popular it is now. But the chat room was called vampirefreaks.com. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Jeremy had been a part of this website for many okay, years. Okay, he, again, <laughs> is, are you a werewolf or are you a vampire, Jeremy? <laughs> Get your cryptids right <laughs> do some research before you start telling people yeah geez <laughs> um so he was able to convince jasmine to make a profile on vampirefreaks.com and you know her parents are looking for the main stuff myspace mm-hmm. aol like they're not you know looking for that but they are still checking her computer and when they asked her what this was, she said it's a forum that she goes on to talk to her friends. And unfortunately, her parents believed her. I, uh, it's hard. Like, unf- it is unfortunate that they believed her. But, like, of course they would believe her because yes. why wouldn't you believe your kid? I will I will yeah. say, though. When you think that you've gotten her away from this. Yeah. Forever. I will say, though, vampire freaks, I'd be like, can you just, like, send each other, like, letters? Like... <laughs> That's <laughs> can we go? Yeah, old that school? sounds weird. Like, <laughs> we'll find another way for you to chat with your friends. <laughs> well, and and this is me speculating, but maybe they're trying to really embrace whatever their daughter is oh, going that's through, true. and they're embracing her change. So, like, maybe you know they're trying really hard. They know that they're getting her kind of on a tighter leash and locking her down a little bit. So maybe they're trying to accept the changes in her instead of like make her feel bad about them and i'm sure in the back of their minds they're like this is a fucking phase yeah <laughs> of course okay well i really like her parents now they i really think they're great people yes. i i really like them they are yeah everything that i found about them does not contradict that they they loved their kids they loved each other and they were just a good fa- a good family and they wanted everyone to be happy in their family Amber, my whole microphone just stand just came undone. Um, so just hold on one second. Okay. It literally. Guys, we're doing so I good. I moved my hand, my handle, and it literally came out of the base. Oh no. Your microphone stands cool, and I've thought about getting one, but every time something like this happens, I don't get one. No, my microphone stand is cool, but it really isn't. Okay, I'm. Hold on, Ravi. Ravi, help me! <laughs> <laughs> it's game undone. You know, we were too braggy about how great the system's been going for a couple of weeks. <laughs> I genuinely apologize. That would, thank goodness Robbie was home, or else I would have just been like holding the metal arm the entire the time. time. <laughs> oh man! Well, I think it's funny too. So Robbie okay. comes in to help you. My husband comes back from the grocery store, and they know us so well. They're like, "So are you done? Have you started yet?" 
And we Yeah, yeah, they literally thought we hadn't even started. Which the thing. I mean normally, yeah, but we we were we were yeah. good getting Fair right enough. to it. And then all this <laughs> shit happens and we're distracted again. It's the universe. They were like, no, you guys need this. You yeah, need this time like, together. You need the banter. <laughs> the banter is what we're here for. <laughs> we don't give a shit about anything else you guys have to say. <laughs> we just want to hear you ramble for an hour and then kind of tell us about a case. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. I am so sorry. You were doing such a good job. I really am sorry. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh, my God. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, back on track. Jasmine's yeah, parents, sorry. that's okay. It was really good. It was good comedic relief because <laughs> it's going to get heavy after this. So there you go. Oh, good. So <laughs> it was like a nice like break. Yeah, okay, exactly. Good. Again, Jasmine's parents believed her and they seemed to be just supportive of her trying to find herself. Um, so they believed her when she said that she was speaking to her friends and they really thought that Jasmine and Jeremy were no longer talking. They thought they finally got through to their daughter that this was inappropriate and they let her continue to use the forum unfortunately yeah well again you believe your kid when they say Mm -hmm. something yeah so it's now april 23rd 2006 and jacob jasmine's little brother who's eight years old his friend um it's a really nice day out and his friend wants jacob to come play they're next door neighbors Um, The friend noticed that Mark's truck was in the driveway and went next door to see if Jacob could play. He knocked on the door a few times and no one answered. Now, this boy is also eight years old. So in an eight-year-old's mind, he sees the truck. He knows someone's home. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right, right. And he's, you know, he's not giving up. He wants to play with his friend. So he knocks on the door a couple times. No one answers. And he goes to look in a window. Now, he's eight. And the only window that he can see is the window leading into the basement. Um, when, oh. <laughs> when the friend <laughs> looks in, you know it's coming. When the friend uh-huh. looks into the window, he sees a woman laying on the floor covered in blood. Oh, my goodness. He runs home to tell his mom. And, of course, like, when your child tells you that, you're like, this isn't something. Like, his mom, like, is reported saying, like, she told him this isn't something to joke about. Like, yeah. And he drug her over to the house, had her look in the basement, and the mom freaked out, grabbed him, ran to their, like, car, and locked themselves in it because they didn't know if someone was still in the house. Oh, so that's, yeah, that's so true. So then instantly this mother is like, I need to get out of here. I just saw something. My son just saw something. We need to be safe. So they locked themselves in the car, called the police from the car, and didn't get out until the police were there. I don't blame her. No. Like... Not at all. And I mean, that's smart. Mm-hmm. That's probably like, you know, their car is probably sitting outside. It's the closest thing that they can run to instead of mm-hmm. trying to right. get in the house and lock the house and all that stuff. Yep. Because then you're so focused on the basement window. You don't know if someone is noticing you notice the window. Well, and if you're outside, if somebody leaves the house, you can actually you would potentially be able to see them. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, mom did great steps. She's a little detective. Yeah. Well, and she could, you know, worst comes to worst, she could get away. Like, she's got oh, that's (laughs) that's true too. That's probably where her brain was, but you know, all of it's good. (laughs) Yeah. Um. So the police come and they find Mark, Deborah, and Jacob's bodies. Um. Deborah and Mark are stabbed all over their bodies, and they're both found in the basement. Jacob was found Mm. in his bedroom 
holding his lightsaber in his hand <gasps> with his throat slashed. Oh my god. Police originally thought that this was a, mur- a murder-suicide <clears throat> because they had found Mark with a screwdriver near his body. So they're thinking Mark killed his family and then killed himself. But that quickly gets changed, one, because they're stab wounds, and I don't know. I mean... Hey, how do you stab yourself? To death. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but also, a uh, police officer notices the family photo and realizes a family member is missing. Oh, good for that police yeah. officer. Yeah. Good detective work. So then the police instantly, like, this intensifies, and it's a missing persons case. And they're mm. assuming that Jasmine was abducted. Um, so they mm. they were on it. Amber alerts going out. Other police departments being re- reached out to in the area. Like, within 30 minutes, her picture was all over the news. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's good Good detective work, honestly. Yeah. So then the police start, you know, hitting the street and talking to neighbors. No neighbors had seen or heard anything from that the night before. Um, and no one had any idea who could have done this. Like, the neighbors literally couldn't even come up with someone who didn't like this family. <laughs> so hold on. They were stabbed to death multiple times, but nobody heard anything? No. Hmm. And... It just goes to show this family, like, so clearly what's going on with Jasmine is also kept pretty private if, like, you know, mm-hmm. the neighbors might notice she's changing her aesthetic and stuff, but clearly, like, it's being a, it's a family matter. And so the neighbors yeah. have no idea, like, who could even begin to do this. They were thinking it was just someone who broke in and they were worried that there was something going on in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, no shame in that. Sorry, no, no shame in that. Like, no need to air your dirty laundry. No, out, you know? yeah, they were just handling it as a family and they thought that they mm-hmm. were getting things under control. Yeah. So, through blood spatter analysis, um, they were able to find that Deborah was killed first um, and they found she had no de- self defense wounds. So, she was um, attacked when she was unaware it was going to happen. Mark was next and he had a ton of defensive wounds a ton this man fought hard um and jacob was killed last um and there were no defensive wounds for him either how terrible so this is kind of the speculation some believed that he was killed in his sleep at this time but others think he might have been awake so the reason that they're not sure is the police found jacob tucked under his blankets in his bed and the blankets were pulled up to like just under his chin. Um, but when they pulled the blankets back, he had a stab wound in his chest that and there wasn't a hole on the blanket. So he wasn't stabbed through the blanket. So that's so either someone pulled the blanket back and was very quick and stabbed him maybe before he was awake or he was awake and the the blanket was pulled back. Or. They stabbed him, and then whoever stabbed him was like started feeling bad because maybe it was their fucking sister, and so she decided to tuck him in. <laughs> that is also one good job, Detective Leslie. <laughs> You're on it today. <laughs> well, and another quick question. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you're going to tell me where the bodies moved. If Deborah didn't have any defense wounds, was she like asleep and then brought to the basement? So you will find out that we'll get the whole story, which is amazing because a lot of cases. Don't okay, sorry. Story. No, don't apologize. So 
to be continued. I'm the worst. <laughs> no, you're setting me want- up for su- suspense. <laughs> it's the best. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> okay, good. That's just what comes to my head. Now the now the listeners can be like, oh yeah, and then and then okay, now you, you and the listeners can ponder together. So, so much pondering. <laughs> so police were, you know, in the house, obviously, and they found Jasmine's laptop pretty quickly. And police found the secret chats on uh, vampirefreaks.com pretty f- quickly as well. <laughs> They're like, vampire freaks? What the yeah. fuck is this? You know, or just like checking history. I feel like even 2006, that's pretty impressive that, you know, cops are like, we should check the, the history of where this girl's been. <laughs> browser history and you gotta delete it yeah (laughs) which they didn't know um rookies so 20 (laughs) damn it guys 24 hours before the murders jasmine actually posted on her normal social media welcome to my tragic end oh Mm -hmm. that's some teenage emo angsty shit yes and normally, teenage angsty shit just happens. Like, I couldn't, my, I had my MySpace deactivated years ago. Like, I reached out to the company and said, please deactivate this. <laughs> um, but, and so I don't even know what I posted or what was there, but I'm sure it was very dramatic. <laughs> See, I would give anything. I would pay any amount of money to be able to <laughs> look, look at my old MySpace stuff. <laughs> like, I used to code my MySpace. I Me would too. pay <laughs> so much money to look at, like, my, remember those, like, surveys? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and when you're feeling really dramatic, and I, yeah, and you know, you say you say something without saying the name, and so the person knows you're talking about them. But <laughs> yeah, or like the passive aggressiveness of like adding a MySpace song that was like, you know, you whoever you were shading on would no. know that you yeah. were yeah that it was them, man. Or, good times. or moving people from your first friends position. Ooh. Oh shit, the drama. <laughs> if you weren't in that top 8, you knew something was wrong. <laughs> and then some people would do like top 3 and you'd be like, "Well, fuck you. Yeah. You guys are so cool." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just a walk down memory lane for you guys. <laughs> oh. I miss MySpace. Me too. That was like the prime. superior social media. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. prime social media where you could like <laughs> do whatever the hell you wanted <laughs> good times yeah. so sad for what was his name tom oh tom yeah he was always your first friend on myspace <laughs> yeah yeah so the sad. tom guy yeah so sad for tom the guy that invented myspace um suck it zuckerberg <laughs> <laughs> he probably sold it and is like a fucking good probably now yeah because I know MySpace tried to survive as like a music forum for a while after it got mm-hmm. popular. So you're probably right. Um, <laughs> back to the case. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Anyway, vampires freaks. Yeah, vampire freaks. Um, so, you know, the police got on the Amber Alert fast. And there were actually witnesses um, all over that were reporting seeing Jasmine. And none of them reported that she was in distress. Oh, uh, one person in particular called in after seeing her at a restaurant, um, and I believe at this time she was like 81 miles away um, from her hometown, and they overheard Jasmine saying something about a person being gutted like a fish. Ew. Mm-hmm. So now that this person's called in, overheard her clearly saying this loud enough for them to hear her. The police are no longer looking at her as a victim, but they are looking mm-hmm. at her as one of their main suspects. Got it. And it's like it's a 12-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
And again, this police department did a bomb job because, it's, you know, you, it's kind of like in the frenzy. You send out an Amber Alert. You let everyone know. They did a really good job after this call of informing the other police departments, hey, she's not a – we don't think she's missing. We think she's dangerous. And they were able to pick her up mm. quickly after that. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. And surprise, surprise, she was with an older man, the police found out, when they picked her up. Um, Define old. Was it 23 or 300? <laughs> you know, they couldn't tell because he probably just had some, some blood to really <laughs> – you rejuvenize his 300 year old skin (laughs) refine the wrinkles Mm -hmm. yeah i need i need those i've got some eye wrinkles i noticed so i need that serum please it's blood (laughs) oh hard pass pass. (laughs) i couldn't imagine uh no so 24 hours after the murders uh jasmine and jeremy were arrested um they were placed it's pretty quick. Yeah. Well, and okay, so I can't figure out you you'll have to help me on this. I can't figure out if this was strategic or dumb on the police's part. They were placed in cells right next to each other. <laughs> oh, fucking morons. And they but they started passing notes back and forth. Oh, maybe not fucking morons. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't tell. I can't tell if the cops were dum-dums like or if they were like maybe something'll happen. <laughs> I feel like it was a mistake and then it ended up being a happy accident. Yeah. And they were like, oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of like letting them get there. And luckily those notes weren't. Uh, so I actually have what the notes said. Um, oh, good. So Jeremy started the note passing. Cute little 300 of course. year old. Um, <laughs> he knows how to woo the ladies. He does. Well, and just wait, because I, this is unforgettable. <laughs> Oh, okay. So Jeremy wrote, you said you want to get engaged. Then here's a question. Will you marry me? If so, then this is a uh, written agreement. Wow, that's so romantic, first of all. (laughs) So, Leslie, thinking back, you know, we're both, we both have been engaged. Um, Our our husbands did the the plunge and did something romantic. Clearly not at this level, though. No, I'm. I need a refund. Honestly, <laughs> redo needed now. <laughs> How dare our husbands take us to very sentimental spots where we spent a lot of time in our relationship, and <laughs> both of them were in the outdoors, I believe. They were, <laughs> yeah. and did their cute little setups. How dare they when they could have just passed us a note through a jail cell saying this is a written agreement if you say yes. Yeah. I, I mean, a marriage license, does that count as a written agreement? I mean, I maybe mean, he's just being, you know, ahead of the game. I, I, maybe. He's <laughs> like, well, we're in jail. We might as well get married. It's like, you know, on a boat when the captain can marry you. I wonder if a police officer can marry you in a jail cell. <laughs> I'll ask. I know a cop. I'll ask him. Yeah, just ask if they're ordained. <laughs> you He's know, not. They're... I'll ask him if it counts, yeah. though. They, they took some sort of oath. You know, it might be the same thing as like a doctor marrying you in a hospital. They took an oath, so. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. My eyes twitching. <laughs> oh, no. This case made my eye twitch a lot, which is a thing that I'm I learning bet. is happening. And I think it's because I think. Like, I roll my eyes so much that my eyes are like, okay, we need to stay where we are. (laughs) It's like, no. Yeah. So Jasmine responded, and I have that too. Oh, good. 
I never thought I'd find myself hysterically <laughs> laughing in a holding cell in these kinds of circumstances. But still, <laughs> you make me so happy. Yes, yes, I would. I will. I would love to. Quick question. That was my 12-year-old. Amber, did you hit... <laughs> Amber, did you hysterically laugh when your husband proposed to you? Yeah, that was the first thing I did, actually. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, I've only been hinting at this for like two years. Let me just laugh. <laughs> if I hysterically laughed, my assumption is that I actually don't want to get married. <laughs> and I'm laughing because I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> and a holding cell. Man, talk about romance. Right? Like romance. Like- they say romance is yeah. dead. No, not according to, to no. Jeremy. Well, and I mean, come on. Clearly, he doesn't have a ring. He should have just taken that vial of blood off his neck and handed it to her. So he, she had something. Oh, my God. That would have been a real <laughs> testament for true love. That's blood or or, no, or nothing, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Like, so clearly we failed and, you know, need to do redos with our husband. <laughs> Rabe. <laughs> He's going to come in thinking your stand broke again. He's going to be like, God damn it, I told you to stop moving it. <laughs> All right. So the note passing is happening. Yeah. And then the police decide, like, all right, it's time to interview both of them. <clears throat> Luckily, the police interviewed them separately. So. Oh, good. <laughs> good choice. <laughs> you know, jail cells together. They could have been conspiring, but nope. <laughs> we got to interview Maybe it was just... Maybe it was just a really small jail and they had to be next to each other. But I feel like then I would like put one of them in the break room, you know? Yeah, like in my office. Yeah. Right. Handcuff them to the wall or something. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel like there there should be, if it, if this isn't an option, then this jail needs a, a remodel because there should be an option. That's that's a good point. Yeah. Um. So both were very cooperative and admitted to all three murders pretty instantly. Oh, that was quick. Jeremy brought up um, a movie called Natural Born Killers in his interview and told the police that he thought it was the perfect love story. Now, I've never seen Natural Born Killers. Have you? No. No. Well, so I kind of looked up a quick synopsis. Uh-huh. That's a, okay. <laughs> so if this movie follows a couple, Mickey and Mallory, that become serial killers. The first two victims were Mallory's parents because Mallory was in an abusive household and they seemed to feel that this movie was a description of their love story because in their heads, Mallory's parents were not allowing them to see each other. So they were being abused. Yeah, they were the same as Mallory's parents. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's so. gross. Yeah. Wow. Are you a yoga teacher? Because that's a stretch. Um. <laughs> that was good. I can't take credit for that one. Yeah. I, I read it somewhere, but anyway. That's okay. We don't have to credit all of our jokes, guys. We can just have them. Oh, good. <laughs> Pretend I wrote that. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. Lots of lots of things to unpack there. <laughs> oh, and we're getting the um, the story. Would you like the story? I would love it, please. Okay. So they both started from start to finish, and the story was the same for both. Oh, Jeremy, so they told the truth. Good for them. The <laughs> Jeremy left his house dressed in all black, um, which is not unusual for him, but he said it was intentional to not be seen. So I'm assuming um, <laughs> a lot of his like goth accessories were probably left out. Of this oh, no dress. chains. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, probably he, smart. Probably be loud. Yeah, you know. 
He, however, was very intoxicated. Um, <clears throat> he said that he oh. drank different types of alcohol, um, you know, wine, uh, hard alcohol. He did coke. He did ecstasy. Oh, and my he God. Pot. What a cocktail. So clearly nervous about the choice that he made. Or when you're 300 years old, it takes a lot to get fucked up. Yeah, it takes a lot to get going. <laughs> I'm sure werewolves have a high tolerance. <laughs> That's true. I don't think there's scientific study on how much you need to drink to be intoxicated as a werewolf. <laughs> Someone go test Taylor Lautner and see what happens. <laughs> so he walked into Jasmine's house and she let him in through the basement window. But again, Jeremy's intoxicated as shit, so he sounds like an intoxicated oh man crawling through a window. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Stumbling, mm. crashing into things. He woke up the house. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I was trying to be discreet. Yes. I'm in my ninja clothes, left yeah. my chains at home. <laughs> and then I fuck it up by trying to climb through a window. <laughs> I'm picturing I'm picturing like Peter Griffin trying to like crawl through a, a window on like yes. an episode of Family Guy. Perfect. That's beautiful. <laughs> okay. I'm sure that's exactly how it went. All right. So now we had our giggles. It's good. Yeah, sorry. It, it, no, no, don't apologize. I wanted the giggles before. <laughs> we're okay, getting, good. We're getting to the trigger warning stuff. So like it's rough. <laughs> All right. All right. Face, we're, we're changing. I did the, yeah. the fate. The, yep, okay. Yep. We're doing the switch. So, stumbling in, um, Jasmine's parents heard, and Jeremy and Jasmine heard footsteps upstairs. Jeremy put a ski mask on, had a knife, and hid in the shadows. Deborah was the first person to walk down the stairs to see what happened. He lunged at her because she didn't see him in the shadows. And stabbed her 12 times. Oh, my gosh. The stab wound that was found to be the one that killed her was 12 centimeters deep, and it went through her heart. Oh, my gosh. So, Deborah was the only one that came to investigate at the time. However, you are not quiet when you're being stabbed so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Mark heard Deborah screaming ran down to the basement with a screwdriver. So it is now learned that Mark had, that was the first thing he could obviously grab to defend Mm -hmm. himself. Mark is a badass um, because he goes down, Jeremy's in the shadows again, lunges at him, and Mark tries to flee. He tries to run back up the stairs and get away. Jeremy is too fast, grabs him, and throws him down the stairs. Oh, my gosh. And Mark is still fighting. So Mark is punching hitting at one point he tried to gouge out jeremy's eyes with his (gasps) thumbs oh my gosh when mark was thrown from the stairs he lost the screwdriver oh no and he and it was and jeremy validated that mark was trying to find it and trying to his best to fight well and jeremy's on like fucking a insane amount of drugs Mm -hmm. yeah so he's probably like freaking insane like adrenaline rush like crazy and oh my gosh basalts before basalts like yeah yeah i mean it makes sense why he's so strong and able to do all this if he's taking ecstasy and coke two uppers you know and pot like one downer but like you've got so much going through your yeah doesn't and jasmine's just watching all of this happen so yes oh my gosh a little bit of it okay Mm mm-hmm so, and in that, Jeremy is unfazed with Mark fighting and continues to stab him in the chest and abdomen. 
um, Mark's final words were, why are you doing this? And Jeremy said to him, because you treat your daughter like shit, she wanted it this way. Oh, my God. Mark was stabbed nine times in the back and 13 times in the front. Oh, my gosh. It was so aggressive that the knife bent because <gasps> of how, of the bones it was hitting. Uh, okay. You were asking about Jasmine. Mm-hmm. So before Mark gets downstairs, so it's it's like these people have bat hearing because they hear Deborah coming down. They hide in the shadows. So Jasmine does watch um, Jeremy attack her mother. Okay. They hear footsteps upstairs again. Jasmine sneaks out of the basement before Mark gets down there. Oh. So she doesn't see Mark because she told Jeremy she thought she heard her little brother wake up and she was going to go distract him. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So Jasmine's running upstairs to distract Jacob from the yelling. And then after killing Mark, Jeremy went to find Jasmine and Jacob. There, He still had the bent knife. Um, in his hand and the reason that they know that the same knife was used is because they found uh, droplets of Deborah and Mark's blood leading up to uh, Jacob. Okay. Wow. Ugh. The mental picture I have. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it's very uh, descriptive. Yeah. Uh, so at this point, we don't know if Jeremy still has the mask on or not. That's never really talked about. Jeremy hands Jasmine the knife pinned Jacob on the bed. Jacob was pleading for his life the entire time. People believe that Jacob knew, I mean, you know what's going on. You know screaming and you know sounds like you know it's not good. So they believe that Jacob was pleading for his life when it was just him and his sister and then he like chalked it up way more and was like pleading for his life for both of them while he was pinned on his bed. Well, because Jacob probably thought, I can convince Jasmine, because that's my sister, mm-hmm. this 23-year-old fucking creepy stranger man, you know, he's probably yeah. no longer trying to outsmart her. He's, pro- he's probably genuinely begging at that point. Yes. Ugh. And they believe that he had the lightsaber in his hand because he believed he was trying to, that's the only thing mm-hmm. he had, and he was trying to keep them away from him mm-hmm. with the lightsaber. Wow. So he was probably swinging in at them and trying to keep distance. Oh my gosh. Yep. Jeremy hands Jasmine the knife, pins Jacob down on the bed. Jacob is pleading for his life the entire time, and his older sister lunged the knife into his chest. (laughs) Jacob begins making gurgling noises, and he's not dead. Jasmine claims to have freaked out, and Jeremy takes the knife from her and slits his throat. Oh, my gosh. And it's never brought up, but you're probably right. Jasmine probably tucked him in. Yeah, I'm sure she felt bad. So police ask Jasmine, why does Jacob have to be killed? He didn't go down to the basement. You could have done what you wanted to do. Jacob wasn't keeping you from Jeremy. Like, why Jacob? And she said it would be too cruel to keep him alive without parents and a sister. Yeah, I, I guess I can see where she's coming from. But and then I re- but it's twisted. Yes, yes. They kept their story pretty consistent until later. Um, in the investigation, for some reason, they sent an, ud- an undercover cop in to pretend to be a jailmate with Jeremy. Um, so I'm sure this is probably more standard just to see if the story changes or if people brag or, you know, let out more. I'm just curious what else they thought they were going to get, because that seems right? like a pretty fucking graphic description of what happened. And and consistent yeah. between the both mm-hmm. of them. So the only thing that really changed is Jeremy claimed that Jasmine was the only one that killed Jacob. He, he said, mm-hmm. I, you know... I didn't take the knife and slit Jacob's throat like Jasmine did all of it. 
Jeremy also said that after the murders, um, they had sex in a car, and Jasmine began laughing about the noises Jacob made while they were having sex. Oh, my God. It's kind of the start, like, with this, where they're slowly starting to, like, their story's consistent, but they're trying to turn on each other. Well, I think they probably realize, oh, you know, my 300-year-old werewolf shit's not going to work. I'm still going to go to prison <laughs> yeah. for the rest of my life. Like, Yes. Mm-hmm. Jasmine and Jeremy didn't seem to have a plan after the murders, and they um, called a, or they asked a friend, um, Casey, to pick them up from the house. They went to a house party after the murders. Oh, my gosh. They went driving around with their friends. Like, we know they had sex in the car. Like, they had a full evening of acting like everything was normal. They then, um, after a while, started to get on different buses to get as far away from the murder scene as they could. So, like, they kind of fled, but they also, like, stuck around a little bit. Gross. And in the investigation, uh, police found that Jeremy and Jasmine were dropping hints about killing Mark and Deborah for weeks before it happened. Oh, so they, like, planned this shit out. Mm -hmm. They were posting stuff on social media, and they were telling their friends. And, you know, like... For Jasmine's friends, they're also 12 years old. So, yeah. you know, if they're if you're a 12-year-old saying, God, I wish I, I could just kill my parents. Like, no t- no one's going to – hindsight, maybe, but no one's going to think that's serious. No. And a bunch of, you're telling a bunch of other 12-year-olds that you your parents yeah. are making you so upset. Like, yeah, that's a normal conversation. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, because there was a lot of online talk of, like, how – stupid the friends were and i don't believe that because you're 12 you you're not going to think your 12 year old friend's really going to kill their parents no i think maybe jeremy's 23 year old acquaintances maybe even like what are you talking about jeremy didn't have 23 year old acquaintances oh, jeremy true. had 15 and 16 year old friends that's true and i will say like 15 and 16 year olds now are a lot mm-hmm. different than 15 and 16 year olds in yes. 2006 yeah. i totally agree i think that you know the help of <laughs> true crime shows and podcasts have made people more yeah. woke if you will well and and i mean school shootings and gun violence like that is a genuine yes. issue in our country and so i think at all ages we realize that yeah, that's you're mm-hmm. totally right i never yeah. thought about that that it's something like this happening in this time versus then and this happened in canada mm-hmm. so oh true different country i know we're i know we're way close, different different countries, you're right so there's you know there's definitely less tragedy back then than there has been now. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, I agree. And, I mean, and two, Jeremy's friends were like, this is Jeremy. Jeremy talks about, like, Jeremy's dark and creepy and, like, spooky, like, and not That's in a good, a good way. Like, so he talked about this all the time about anyone. Like, he, it was normal for That's him a good to point. talk about wanting to kill people. <laughs> yeah, like, he liked the shock factor about yes, it. and the attention. Mm-hmm wanted the attention so there was um something found online and i got a little blip of it um it was a poem that jeremy posted called payment Mm. so i am just laughing because it's dumb (laughs) and not (laughs) not good poetry um it is not the 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 context is bad (laughs) i cannot wait to hear a 300 year old werewolf almost called him a vampire can't can't confuse that um i'm so excited okay my lover's rents are totally unfair classic they say (laughs) they say they really care they don't know what's going on 
they just assume. Their throats I want to slit. They will regret the shit they have done, especially when I see to it that they are gone. They will pay for their insolence. Finally, there will be silence. It doesn't even rhyme, Jeremy, you fucking geek. So he clearly, like, he points out what he's going to do. I mean... I, he says rents instead of I was going to say, to say rents, <laughs> Jesus, how 2006 of him. Oh, my I God. Know, I know. And, the, and the totally unfair. <laughs> yeah, that's like, 2006 was the era where 90s lingo was slowly phasing out, but not. Was really. he watching <laughs> Made on MTV while he was yeah. writing this? <laughs> you know, actually, I think he read he was watching Room Raiders. <laughs> oh, the good television of the mtvs in the early good times (laughs) yeah um he wrote and posted that poem two to three weeks before the murders i bet his friends were like wow jeremy you're so deep well yeah because he hung out with younger people and all the girls were like obsessed with him yeah they probably were like oh my god the next i don't even know a poet like who i don't know (laughs) william shakespeare is he considered a poet i don't know yeah I don't know. Yeah, Emily Dickinson, didn't she do that? I don't know. I I sometimes have the energy to pretend like I know, but I don't today, so. <laughs> so they the police also found DMs um, between Jasmine and Jeremy, and Jasmine was the first person to bring up on messaging. Now, of course, we can't say, like, verbally what they did, but on messaging, Jasmine was the first one to bring up the murders. <laughs> And I have that as well. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let me listen to it and then I'll give my opinion. Okay. So Jasmine said, rar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not funny, but it's so funny. No, it's funny because we <laughs> live this life. Rar. Yeah. Okay. Rar. I hate them. So I have this plan. It starts with me killing them. It ends with me living with you. <laughs> and then Jeremy said, well, I love your plan, but we need to get a little more creative with details and stuff. What? Mhm. That is how they planned to kill her parents. That was it. Okay, okay, okay. Um I mean either way Jasmine is for sure being groomed. Um mm-hmm. like she's being manipulated by an older person who she trusts, you know. Mm-hmm. Who is not fully developed. Who's I just keep in the back of my head thinking, you know, his mom admitted to drinking alcohol while she was pregnant with him. Like, he's unwell himself, and so he's molding this 12-year-old who is going through the change of her life, um, you know, to do all this stuff. Like, yeah, she may, maybe she put it in his head, but I just feel like she was manipulated and probably a little brainwashed. That could be, I don't know, exaggerating, but... You just do so good at leading me into my next point. I love it. Like, we just play off of each other. It's beautiful. Okay, good. I love okay, it. Okay, good. Because your brain is going exactly where I went, and then the, it's all answered. Well, that's because we're the same person. <laughs> yes. As we have said. Just just split, yeah. Yes. So they were both charged with three counts of murder. When the trial finally started, Jasmine was 12. Oh, um, my gosh. And in case... Or I'm sorry, it was 14, not 12. She's, oh. the, the murder happened when she was 12. She was 14 when the trial started because, you know, it took time right. to get all their stuff. Right, right, right. In Canada, if a person is under 14 when a crime is committed, the max time they can receive is 10 years. So it's a 
protection. They can't be tried as an adult. Mm-hmm. Much in okay. Okay. So that's essentially kind of what she got. But she didn't go to a prison because they did uh, psychiatric um, testing on her and found that she was diagnosed with something called conduct disorder. Disorder. So conduct disorder is really important to find in children because it can lead to mood disorders in adults. Mm. So if you find that a child has conduct disorder, they're, they need to be treated right away so that it doesn't progress into bipolar mm-hmm. you know, mood disorders. It was a long list. Pretty much anything that an adult deals with, depression, anxiety, bipolar, if you catch conduct disorder early, you can kind of treat it out of the child and it won't be affect them as an adult how interesting i never i've never heard of this either huh no okay so and very very good on canada's legal system Mm -hmm. to acknowledge that yes i agree because it, it makes sense why she had such an abrupt change in her personality and she went so drastically one way and on top of that she's being groomed yes so like even you know like all of it adding up together kind of made the whole picture she had this disorder it wasn't caught and that's kind of you know why so much of her changed so quickly i think we said it in another episode like everything has to be the perfect storm for Mm -hmm. these types of crimes to to work and it's crazy how many times that everything lines up perfectly right. Horrible. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, right. Slash, you know, however you want to look at it. It's just crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's like the definition of. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Like in my in my head, every time we do one of these, I'm like, oh, my God, this is it's the perfect storm. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just what it is. So because she had this diagnosis, she was actually um, required to spend four years in a psychiatric hospital. And then four years on on supervised reintegration. At this time, Jasmine was able to go to university, get a degree. Like, it was eight years of intense therapy, medication, counseling, all of it. Okay. So she was released after eight years. Um, oh, so she didn't even serve yeah. the full 10? No. she was, But it was because she was doing so well. Okay. Okay. The counseling, the meds, all of it, like, made her... It, she turned back into who she was when she was an 11-year-old, pretty much. Like, not mentality Yeah, wise, yeah, no, like, I know what you mean. The the bubbly, popular, happy girl, she went back to being that. Well, yeah, when you are on the correct medications, there's no, you know, there's mm-hmm. no shame in needing extra medications. Our bodies are crazy. It's crazy to think that your body... You know, you don't have a mix. It's going to do it. Itself. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I I mean, it makes sense that she was behaving like a, a quote unquote normal person once she was medicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after that eight years, she's released and she's back on the straight and narrow. And it kind of um, the the YouTube video that I watched, it made sense. She's talking about it and she's like, if she would have been thrown in 10 years of jail, she wouldn't have gotten her degree. She wouldn't have a job. She wouldn't have been able to keep relationships with friends and family. They would have released her at a 20-something, as a 20-something, 22, and she would have been on her own, mm-hmm. you know, and sent back into the public. So, like, good for Canada. Like, they're, 
their system, they were able to get her the help she needed. They were able to diagnose what was really going on. And of course, this would probably be different if she was a sociopath that didn't have feelings, but they found the core problem Mm -hmm. for her. She was able to get her degree. She's out now and she's got the support of friends and extended family. And her extended family is so proud of her, even though her actions took their daughter or sister or you know mm-hmm. son or brother yeah their loved uh, ones their grandson yes thank you that's the best <laughs> way of saying that mm-hmm. <laughs> but they took even though she took their loved ones she like they're proud of her they accept what happened and they accept that she was not well and she has been on the straight and narrow ever since she's never popped up in any canadian news since then so she was properly rehabilitized that's you know that right that's the goal of juvenile detention centers right yeah yeah it's Mm -hmm. to rehabilitize them and get uh have them be ready when they go into the real world as adults Mm -hmm. um i mean so that's good that it worked yeah i yeah and i'm just i'm so impressed because that if this happened in america that wouldn't happen no (laughs) she would have been tried in as adult and she would still be in jail yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if she would I, I don't think she would have been set up to have the life that she has now. But no. Definitely no way. We wouldn't have no. we wouldn't have diagnosed her. We wouldn't have given her the medications. Mm-mm. No. So here's my TED talk about just being <laughs> born a little in the wrong part of the continent. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, you know, I don't, I'm not like, I, I hate America thing, but like, Canada's nice. I mean, <laughs> Canada has their own shit too. They do, but it's not as. <laughs> I don't know. America really does suck though. <laughs> yeah. I'm proud to be American, disappointed well, in where we're going right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm proud. Yeah. I guess I'm proud that I was born here, but we need, we need some yeah. serious internal reflections. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you, do you want to hear about Jeremy? Yeah, I do. I am curious to know where my 300-year-old vampire is. Werewolf. Sorry. So, Jer- so it's both. We've decided. Hybrid. A, a werewolf. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, Jeremy tried to change his charges from murder to manslaughter, and his claim was he was too intoxicated to be held accountable for his actions. I mean... Yeah, but you premeditated it. So you were fucked up in the moment, but you planned it out when you were sober. Yeah. And he also tried to put it on Jasmine saying he's a man of his word and he made her a promise and he decided to keep it. My 12-year-old girlfriend, you know, I had to do exactly what she wanted. Yeah. If you break a pinky promise to a 12-year-old, it's the end of the world. So I couldn't do that. We know that he's superstitious, right? We know. Yeah. We know he (laughs) believes in those things, so. (laughs) Yeah. So... Canada said fuck you. <laughs> Valid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And found him guilty and he's been given three life sentences um, with the option for parole. Um, his first chance for a parole hearing will be in 2033. Oh my God. He hasn't even seen his first. Wow. No. Yeah. So from 2008 to 2023, he has no chance of discussing. And I mean, and where Canada is very lenient in like maybe not lenient, but very uh, educated in Jasmine's situation, Mm -hmm. I feel like they're also very hard. And so for Jeremy, I would be very surprised if that changed. Has, have they um, medicated him? I mean, have they decided, like diagnosed him or? 
there wasn't a lot about him. Hmm. So I think because he's an adult, like maybe that's what oh, it is. He's an yeah. adult. So that that care wasn't there. And as a child, your goal is to not have them spend their life in jail. But he's, you know, 23-year-old Looney Tune. Mm-hmm. They probably feel it will be better to keep him off the streets. Because it's true. I mean, before Jasmine, he groomed a lot of other girls to date him. Right. I was just, he he's a predator at the end of the day. So yeah. maybe it's best that he is somewhere where he mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was also another person in all of this, <gasps> and we don't hear about her until the very end. Okay. <laughs> so there was a 19 year old Casey. Said, oh, you know, the she car. Was the one that was driving the yeah, car. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So she was part of that little mall group of friends, and she was also super into Jeremy. So Jeremy flirted with her and did, you know, what Jeremy does with the younger people and convinced her to essentially be their getaway driver without really the getting away, as we mm-hmm. learned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she was the one that picked them up from Jasmine's house. She was the one that drove around while they had sex in the back. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She took them to the house party. She took them, you know, they went to that restaurant. She took them there. Um, So she was pretty much driving all over. And at one point, or maybe, no, not the restaurant, because that was too far away. It was a gas station. Okay. She went to a gas station. They were going to get snacks and, like, go to the bathroom or whatever. And Jeremy asked her to get rid of a duffel bag or things inside the duffel bag. He still wanted the duffel bag, but he wanted her to get rid of the things. So the things were the knives. Um clothes covered in blood and Casey did. Okay, so she knew she knew what they were doing. At the time of picking them up, probably not, oh. but definitely by the time she but definitely by the time she opened up that that uh bag okay. and saw blood and everything. And I mean, they were very vocal. Jasmine was very vocal at the restaurant talking about it, so I'm sure they were talking about mm-hmm. it. So, at some point, yes, she was aware of what they did. Okay. Um so Casey was originally charged with accessory to murder. Um, that was dropped for her statement against the two, and she got one year of house arrest. Oh, damn. What was the statement? Just that she saw the blood. She got rid of oh, the blood. Oh, 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 okay. They were, so, like, her statement of what they were doing. It was to build a case against them versus her. Did they really need her statement, though? Because they pretty much admitted to everything. I think they did when they started changing their story. Oh, I see. Just, okay, that would make sense. Because they started trying to put the blame on each other, right? Right. So I think she is just a little extra, like, at least a look at how they were acting. And it's like they were acting normal. They were going to house parties. Like, there was no remorse at this wow. time. Wow. So. But that's it. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's the Richardson family murder. Oh, but. my gosh. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I have so, I have so many opinions. Because, I mean, I'm glad that Jasmine rehabilitate, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I'm glad that she moved on and was able to find yeah. therapy and treatment. But God, I don't know how you live with that, knowing that you basically murdered your mom, your dad, and your brother. I would assume you never fully, I mean, I, as a person myself, I would never fully get over that. Um, but I guess you just have to keep trying to survive through it. And I mean, 
hopefully, and it sounds like it is, hopefully her goal is to be the best person ever Mm -hmm. to correct what was done. I don't think it'll ever erase what was done, but... And, like, one of her extended family members, I think it was a grandparent, said her parents would be very very proud of her right now. Well, yeah. I mean, they were, you know, they were um, victims of addiction. So they understand what it's like Mm -hmm. to be out of your own body, right, out of your own mind, behaving in a way, yeah, that, like, someone else wants you to behave. They probably would really understand what she was experiencing. Yeah. No, I didn't even think about that. You're probably very right. And, I mean, in the end, like, they showed her time and time again that they loved her, ultimately. Wow. How sad. So, How terrible. I so, so, I mean, and that maybe that's something, you know, for people who feel like Jasmine didn't get uh, what they felt she deserved. Like, if you look at it every day, she has to live with the fact mm-hmm. that she killed her brother and had someone kill her parents. Mm-hmm. And that's something that she has to live with. And, you know, that's... I think that's a pretty big punishment in itself. Whether she's better or not, that still feeling is still going to be there every single day. I don't know how you would turn it off. Yeah, right. You probably there's no way you can. So. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Good job. Thank you. Was that exhausting? <laughs> Do you just feel exhausted? Oh yeah. Well, and I have a theme, and I apologize to the explorers because clearly my theme is like children yeah that's your we we established it last week i like church murders church crimes you like children killers yeah either either they're doing the killing or unfortunately they're victims yeah yeah i and i don't mean to i literally don't mean to i saw a tiktok i didn't even look more into the story i just saw man thought he was a werewolf and i was like fuck perfect (laughs) yeah we have the trifecta Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was another. So it's like I don't even try to find them. I just stumble upon them. It's okay, Amber. Everybody has their thing. It's fine. <laughs> Mine's just really, really morbid. <laughs> it's okay. I'm a little morbid, right? We're all a little morbid. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's why those girls started that podcast. <laughs> exactly. All right, Leslie. Well, <sighs> you have a clue. I do. I'm going to try and okay. not ruin my makeshift stand. He and my dad don't get along very well, you see, so I don't really know. So we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. The Grim Mystics was written and produced by Amber Scribbick and Leslie Gregg. Cover art was done by Leah Taylor. The Grim Mystics theme song was written and produced by Bear and Abby Golden. You can find us on Instagram at The Grim Mystics. You can also follow The Grim Mystics on Facebook at The Grim Mystics.